Okay, good morning, Bershitz Rabbi Crown. We are on top of Samach Tes Amid Aleph. So we had been talking about, um, there's, we had talked about this, you know, there's two, two types of um, support that are provided for the daughter, um, even particularly after the father dies. Um, one is called Parnassa. Parnassa typically refers to the dowry. And the other is Mizonas. Mizonas is involved with actual providing them some sort of support. Um, and we had learned that the the um, Parnassa, the dowry, um, even if um, there's property that was sold, then you could still be collected from that property back to give the daughter, after the father passes away, um, the support that she needs as part of the dowry, not necessarily the ongoing support. So starting at the very top of Samach Tesam and Aleph, Talalei Rav Lerebi Benichiti. So um, Rav wrote a letter to Rebbe, and he had this um, interesting, within it, he had this interesting question. Ha'achim sheshibdu mahu. What's the story if you have brothers who shibdu, we'll, we'll discuss what that means, they shibdu whatever the property was, um, can the sister still collect her dowry from these properties that were shibdu? So Havayasve Rabbi Chia Kameh Shrabchia was sitting in front of Rebbe when this question was asked. And he armily asked him, What's he talking about when he uses the word shibdu? Machro or Mishkano? Does he mean that he sold them, meaning that the properties were sold and now they're going to gather back from the properties that were sold to give her the dowry? Oh, Mishkino, or does it just mean that he he gave them as collateral, and therefore they're going to use the property that was collateral as um, to support her as part of her dowry? Armalei, Rebbe said to him, "My nafkabina, what's the difference? Bein machru, bein b'shem Mishkino, whether he whether they were sold or whether they were um, given as collateral. Motzi and leparnasa, we use them to give the daughter her dowry. The ein motzi and lemazonos, and we don't." use it for giving her ongoing support. The Rav, so Rav asked this question this way. Um, why did he ask this question this way? If he was asking about where they sold them, why didn't he say brothers who sold? If his question was about property that was was given as collateral, let him write the question that way. Why does he write this question in this um, somewhat ambiguous sort of way. The more answers, Rav Tarveu Kumayla. He really wanted to ask both questions. The sovereign, his his logic was, if I write the question about brothers who sold the property, everything will be fine. If everything would be fine if we learn that if you sold the property, that we're allowed to collect back from the sold property, because if it's something that's already sold, certainly that would also apply to property that was just used as collateral. Was it wasn't you know totally given away to somebody else? So you can learn if you you know if you said it's it's it would apply to sold, you could learn out from that mishkino. However, But if he was to say no, we don't collect back from property that was sold. Akaski Mishkini Kimaile. I would still have to wonder about property that was only collateralized. Does that apply to that as well? So just by asking the question that way, I wouldn't get the answer. E Kasavle Mishkinu. And if I wrote to him only about property that was used as collateral, 
If I were to learn, if it were answer, what would come back as we don't collect from property that's been um, used as collateral. I would say certainly if you don't take it from property that's only been used for collateral, certainly you don't take it from property that has been sold. Um, however, but if he came back to me and he said, yes, we do collect from property that collateral was taken, I would still have a question about property that was sold. Therefore, ex of lay shibdu. Therefore, I wrote the question this way, because it, it lets you go either way. You know, he could basically you can derive, and that's ultimately what happened, that Rebbe said what he said. Rebbe said that you... Either way, you take it out for purposes of the dowry, and you 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 get you get the money out of it for the purposes of the dowry, but you don't get it out for the purposes of of um, providing mizonos. So, if I sold the land, mm-hmm. the I could then go back to the you go back to the owner. Does the person who bought it get compensated anyway, or is it just? That's a great question. I, I guess they have some sort of issue, but you know, in theory, there's like a lien on their property based upon this. But I don't know what the I don't know what the they can get it back. But I don't know. I'm assuming there's some sort of something that has to be happen later on to make them whole. But I don't know. Right, but how? But usually, you could check. Like, there's documents to say, hey, right. there's that's always the, that's always the question. Right. The first time. That's why I mean that's you know that's the more we discuss is like okay what's reasonable to assume that you would know so it would be reasonable to assume that they know they have a no there's a daughter there's a daughter and therefore if he dies and the daughter has to be supported right right okay so that so that's so Rebbe's view as we learned is that either way you would get it back Rabbi Yochanan Amar Rabbi Yochanan said differently. Whether it is um, a dowry or it's for support, we don't come back with, we don't bring it back. Now, um, Rebbe is a Tana and Rabbi Yochanan is an Amora. You don't often see an Amora come along and say something different than what a Tana said. So, um, they asked on this, Rabbi Yochanan, is it the case that he did not hear what Rebbe said and therefore was giving his own view of it? Um, but um, had he heard it, he would have done what Rebbe said. Maybe he know what Rebbe said, but he had a different point of view. So we don't know. Is it a question of he just didn't know that Rebbe had this view, and then he would have just followed Rebbe? Or he just had said, I know what Rebbe says, but you know, I have my own way of going. So we try to resolve the question. Tashma. Um, Itmar, it was, we had learned. Mishame, someone died. He leaves over two daughters and a son. And the first daughter comes and gets married. And she gets a tenth of the father's estate for her dowry. We learned something similar last week. And before the second daughter got married and could collect her tenth of the, of the estate, the son dies. So when the son dies, right, the way it works is that if the father dies, the son is the inheritor. If the son dies, then the inheritance goes to the daughters. Um, so um, so the son dies. Um, and, and this is a case where the son had no 
no children of his own, because then it will be it will be more complicated about the inheritance. But there's no the son. There's a son with no sons of his own. So therefore, it goes to the daughters. So in that case, the daughters are now inheriting this. I'm Rabbi Yochanan. Rabbi Yochanan in this case says Shnia Vietra. She gets she gets her um, her share of the estate, but she loses that extra tenth. In other words, you might think that she should be entitled to collect a tenth first, and then whatever's left over gets split 50-50. He says, no, she only gets her 50% of it. Um, so um, so basically, this is sort of trying to prove that Rabbi Yochanan seems to say that because this property is, in theory, sold, quote-unquote, because it now belongs to two other people who are Yorshim, um, she's lost her opportunity to get a dowry. So she's, this is like, because you can't collect back, that even though it's the same principles involved, um, it's now in a different state. It's as if it's been sold. So therefore, um, Rabbi Yochanan is trying to prove that Rabbi Yochanan holds differently that they we do not collect back in that case. So Amr Rabbi Hanina, Rabbi Hanina said to Rabbi Yochanan, um, Amru, that the Rabbanan said something even more significant. He's going to quote um, Rabbi. Um, He's, he's going to quote that, he, or, or no, he's going to quote something that the Rabbanan said that Motsi and Parnasa, that we do collect when it comes to Parnasa, the Ain Motsi and Mizonos, but we don't collect when it comes to Mizonos. The Atamart, but you said that she gives up her right even for Parnasa in this case, right? So um, they said, so the Rabbanan said when the property was sold that she would not have the ability to collect um, the dowry. And you say that um, when it's when the daughter she gives up she gives it up. So what what are you trying to say here? The im isa, and if it's so that Rav Yochanan had not known what Rebbe had said previously, um, Rebbe who would allow the property um, to be collected, namely he should have said to Rabbi Chanina, Man Amra, who said this ruling? In other words, if Rabbi Chanina is giving him some other information, he should have asked who said this. So maybe so that might be trying to prove that maybe he disagreed, right? Um, and maybe what really happened is Rabbi Yochanan had not heard Rebbe's ruling that was different than his point of view. But, and when he would have heard it, um, he would have agreed with Rebbe. Um, and what's different here is the Ika Revach Beisa, because in this case, there's enough to go around, meaning that you have this estate, She's now getting 50% of the estate. And because she's getting 50% of the estate, she has no need for this, this 10% dowry. Um, so because there's no need for it in this case, and she's one of the principles that are involved, it wouldn't apply. Um, so Armale Rav Rav Ashi. Rav says Rav Ashi, kind of questions this. Elama what about in this case? Ashkecha mitzia ba'alma. Let's say this orphan daughter finds a bar of gold or something very valuable, something or more valuable than the value of the dowry. The Ika Revach Besa, in which case she has enough. She doesn't need she doesn't necessarily need this dowry anymore. Does that mean that she's not still entitled to the tenth of the estate? Right? Just because she has more she's somehow gotten it come into more money, that doesn't relieve her or or of having the right to collect from the estate. So Armalay, Ana Revach Besam Haninikse Kamina. What's different here is that it's all the same property. We're all talking about the same thing. So it's not like there's an external amount of money coming on here. What we're talking about here is it's the same 
piece of land, it's the same houses, it's the same whatever, and she's going to get 50% of it. So if she's going to get 50% of it, then we don't have to worry about her taking this 10%. So that's why um, he might hold differently. Amar Amemar, so Amemar says, Bas Yoreshes Havaya, so when the daughter gets this 10th, what so what this is trying to ask now is, okay, the daughter's entitled to this 10%. What status does that give her? Does that mean she's now inherits 10% of the estate, or she's now uh, a creditor who, who is owed 10% of the estate? Amrle Rav Ashilar Ilu Bai So what you but what what means by this is if she's an inheritor, then she has 10% rights to every part of the estate. So if you were to say that the brothers wanted to say to her, you know what, here is the monetary equivalent of your 10%. Go, you know, have a good day. We'll see you later. Um, you can't, they can't do this, right? She's entitled that if they have 10 fields, she's entitled to 10% of each of the 10 fields. They can't just give her $100,000 and say, you, you know, that you're good to go. Um, so he's asking, is that the case? Ravashi says, yes. They, uh, they can't make her take money. They can only, you know, she has the right to um, 10% of every piece of property. Um, so you're saying that if they want to um, only give her, let's say there's 10 fields, and they want to give her one of the 10 fields instead of giving her 10% of 10 fields, they can't do that. They can't do that. Yes. He, uh, Ian, yes, he can't do that. So he's he's basically saying this is trying to prove that she's an inheritor and not a creditor. Um, but Rav Ashi holds differently. Rav Ashi Amar Bas Balas that the daughter is really just a creditor, so she's owed ten percent. And even Amemar eventually, even though we what we said earlier is that he he seems to say that she was an inheritor, um, she came he came back and he followed what. What Ravashi said to Amar Rabin Yume Bered Rab Nechume Have Kamina Kameda Memra. I was once sitting in front of Amemar. Vahai Vasiai Hai Isisela Kame, and this woman came before him. The Haveska by Isir Nechasim, and she was demanding a tenth of the state for her dowry. Vahazisa Vedate, and I would think that he would say, Di by Lesluke Bizuye, Havi Mesalakle. That if the brothers wanted to um, kick her off the land or not give her anything else by paying her off, Havi Masalikle, they could have allowed her. The Shamei Me Ache the Havi because I heard the brothers say, Ilu Havi Zuse Silke Mizuye, the That the brothers said, if we had the money, we would have just bought her out. And Amemar didn't object. So this seems to imply that even though um, initially that Amemar said differently, ultimately when push came to shove, he would have allowed it to go like Rav Ashi, where um, there was the ability to just buy her out for the estate, from the estate with 10% of the of the value. V'hashad Amr's Balas Now that we we can learn from this that she's just a creditor, and therefore is only entitled to 10% in whatever fashion, the Abba Oda Achai, so is she a creditor of the father, meaning a creditor of the estate, or or is she a creditor of the brothers themselves? What's the difference? So when so just a couple of terms. So the when it comes to fields, fields have different levels of quality. 
Um, and the, for the purpose of this case, there's what's known as Bainus, which is average land, and there's known as Ziburis, which is uh, lowest level land. And the rule is, is that when it comes to collecting, if a, if a daughter comes along and wants to collect from her um, the estate or someone who owed money to the father who is now dead, she is a, um, she is, she has to um, make a shvua that she that the father never collected on, or she never collected it earlier, and she could only collect from the most inferior of the lands. However, if there's a regular creditor, if a person A owes money to person B, and he has, you know, he, he can come to the person and say, I'm here to collect, and I want your average land. So there's a difference about whether it's collecting from an individual or it's collecting from the equivalent of the estate. So Tashma, how do we how do we prove this out? Which way it goes? The Ravina Agabala Bartu Ravashi. Ravina collected a dowry for Rav Ashi's daughter. Now Rav Ashi had two sons and one daughter. Um, so the, the two sons are Mar Bereder of Ashi and um, Rav Sama Bereder of Ashi. So when he went to collect from the dowry from um, Mar, Mimar, so Ravina Agavil Bartu Rav Ashi, when he went to collect for the dowry for Rav Ashi's daughter, Mimar Bereder Rav Ashi, Mar, the son of Rav Ashi, who was the son of Rav Ashi and was the brother of this girl, Bainanis Vilovishvua. He collected directly from him um, the the average lands without having to swear in any way. So in other words, it's as, it, it implies that the brother himself was the actual, um, it was he was the one who inherited it, and therefore she was a creditor to the brother himself. However, mi bereid Rav Sama bereid Rav Ashi, what happened was Rav Sama, the, who was Rav Ashi's son, had died, and it was it was now his son that she was dealing with that they were dealing with. So they weren't dealing with the son of Rav Ashi. They were dealing with the grandson of Rav Ashi for the other half of the estate. So in other words, he's she's no longer dealing with the brother who inherited it. She's now dealing again with an estate, right? So she has to make this has to follow it the same way. In that case, Ziburis Bishua. In that case, he had to collect only the inferior land and um, do it with a shvua. So from all of this, we would learn that she is a creditor of the brothers because when it came to Marbaradra of Ashi, who was her, one of her brothers, who was the actual son of the father, she was able to go about it with average land without a shvua. It was only in the case of where, where that person had died and now it was an inheritance situation. She has to go back and do the, follow the other procedure, which is she has to swear and only collect with um, from the inferior lands. Shalach lei Rav Nechemi Bereid Rav Yosef. Rav Nechemi and son of Rav Yosef sent the following. L'Rabba bar Rav Huna Zuta Meradai. To Rav Rabba Rav Huna Zuta of Meradai. Ki Asya HaIsela Kamech. When this woman, so there's a specific woman that was coming to collect. And when she was coming to collect, he sent her along with this letter. And what he said is, Ki HaIsela Kamech. When this woman comes to collect, so the, 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 what this is trying to prove is that when you're trying to collect, you can only collect from real property. You can only collect from things that are actual property. So he says you have to collect a tenth from her. She's even entitled to the base of a mill. So any kind of property that you, ha- that you have is considered real property. Um, so when you're collecting from real property, you can even collect from the base of the mill. Amar Rav Ashi, Rav Kahana. When we were in the in the 
um, Yeshiva Rav Kahana, Havi Megavi and Afilim Alma Debase. We would even collect from the rent payable for houses in the estate, which is also considered move, equivalent of movable property. So again, this is all trying to prove that when you collect from um, for the dowry, it's all from the movable property. Shalach Rei Rav Anan Rav Hunan. Rav Anan sent a letter to Rav Huna. Huna, Chavrina Shalim. Huna, um, our Shalom to you. In other words, he called him Huna, not Rav Huna. When this woman comes to, in front of you, collect from her a tenth, from her father's estate, which is, she's entitled. Have Yasi Rav Rav was sitting in front of Rav Huna when Rav Anand's message came to him. Rav Huna was not at all happy that he didn't call him Rav Huna. He just called him Huna. Amalei, he said to Rav Sheshis, Zil Amalei, go tell Rav Anand the following message. And if you don't say it exactly the way I'm telling it to you, I'm going to put you in Cherem. He said to him, Anan, 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 shall I collect the property only from movable property or from um, real property? And when you're in a house of uh, an Avel, who, which is what Marzichay means, who sits at the head of the table? So he's asking him this, you know, complicated question. Azal Rav Sheshes Lekamandra. So Rav Sheshes went to Rav Anan to give him this message. Amalei Mar Rabba, you know, Rav Anan, my uh, master. Rav Huna Rabbi the Rabban. Rav Huna is a, you know, master's master. Veshamute Shamislo Amalei. I'm about to tell you something that's not a nice message, and um, I'm only doing it because he told me that he's going to put me in chayyim if I don't say this to you. Vivlo Shamislei Lava Kamina. And if he did not put me in chayyim, I wouldn't call you by your first name. So then he said, Anan Anan, Mikarte Mitaltle. Do you collect from real property or from just um, movable, from real property or, from, or even from movable property? Uman Yasebimarzachabirisha. And who sits at the head of the table in this house of Marzachay? Azarav Anan Lakameidaram Ukva. And then Rav Anan went before Amavuka. Amale, he said to him, Have Mar Hachay Shalachay Rav Huna. See the way Rav Huna sent me a letter and he called, what, you know, he called me the way he called me. Anan Anan. He didn't like also that he was called by his first name. And he asked me this question about Merzacha. And I don't even know what he's talking about. I don't know what the question is. So Bar Amalei, Marvukva said to him, Amalei, easy, tell me, Gufa de Ufta Hechli. What was the actual incident? What happened when you talked to him? Amalei, and he told him, Hachli Vachli Avi Maaseh. He told him exactly how it all played out. Amalei, a person who does not know the rule when it comes to Marziche, when this house of mourning, do you send a message to Rav Huna where you call him Huna Chavrin? You call him, hey, my buddy Huna. So he's telling him, you know, you should, you gotta, you know, know where you stand. So the Gemara finally says, it tries to just to close out the story, my mercy. Hey, what is this mercy situation? Um, it's an Avel, it's a house of an Avel. Don't go to a house of a, a mourner. Um, so what do we learn from this? How do we know that when, when you have a base Avel and there's a table around, that the Avel sits at the head of the table? I will choose their ways, I will sit at the head, I will be like a rest. So the Gemara asks, So maybe means that others, that the one who's, con- who's consoling others, maybe it shouldn't be the Avel himself who sits at the head, but people that are giving him Nechem Avelim. Rav Nachman, by Yisak, Yunucham, 
Ksiv. It really says Yunuchan, the person that will be mourned. Mazurcha Amra Mehacha, we learn from this, Vesar Mizrach Mesruchim, Mazar that it, you're just learning from these psukim that maybe these psukim are showing, trying to show who should it be. Um, but bottom line is that it implies that the, the other himself sits at the head of the tables. Just to conclude, Amarava Hilchas of the Halacha is, you only collect from real property, not from movables. So any of these cases, you only collect from the actual real property itself. And with us, we'll stop. Everyone should have a wonderful day.